everyone. Uh, Phileas Club is a show where you know what happens. We get people from different places to tell us what's been happening in the world. And recently, what's been happening is the COVID-19 pandemic. And we're talking about this all the time, unfortunately. Uh, but hopefully it's informative and it gives you a good idea about what's actually happening in the world and gives you a different take than the one we get on the news, which is important, of course, as well, but uh, can sometimes not be the full picture. And hopefully we get people from different places to give you that missing element of the man or woman on the ground. Uh, that is sometimes very helpful in understanding what's happening. And today, uh, well, first of all, hi, I'm Patrick Beja, and I'm currently in Finland. Also, I'm from France, so I'm following what's happening there as well. But uh, today, we have one person, because it will take just this one wonderful guest to tackle the entirety of what's happening in the U.S., because that's a topic I want to cover specifically. Welcome to the show again, Tom Merritt. How's it going? Uh, thank you, Patrick. Yeah, uh, as as well as can be expected in the world in which we live in right now. Uh, thanks for having me. I'll I'll do my best <laughs> to speak on behalf of this country. Well, I'll, I'll get to this in a second. But the the reason I wanted to cover this specifically um, is that I'm not sure what's happening in the U.S. exactly, and that's not common. Um, usually, I can kind of parse what's happening. But I'll, I'll talk about this in just a second. I just want to remind people that this show is supported by Patreon. And uh, if you enjoy it, if you find it useful, then I would love it if you went to patreon.com slash the Phileas Club. And the link is in the show notes, of course. And consider giving a buck or two um, for, for the show. That's how it's financed. That's how it's uh, produced, created. If you didn't, then it wouldn't exist. So thanks a million to those who do. And if you don't, then maybe consider uh, joining the people who do if you enjoy the show, of course. So, yeah, the, the reason I wanted to uh, talk to you about this is, well, there are two parts of it. The first one is, as I was saying, I'm not sure what's happening. And usually, of course, the U.S. is, you know, always kind of a crazy place. <laughs> And uh, out of all of the divided countries that there are, and there are many, I think it's it's the case everywhere, um, the, the U.S. is probably the most divided, at least at the moment, that's how it feels, but I usually can tell what's happening. Um, usually, I can take the extreme takes that I get on Twitter and kind of read through them. I've been doing this long enough and talking to different people on this show, which helps me with that long enough that it kind of... I see through the things and I'm like, okay, it's probably a little bit like this, probably a little bit like that. Now, no idea. It's everyone's screaming about things that, quite frankly, might seem reasonable or unreasonable. And there's the factor of, um, quite honestly, my feeling is that the president himself is not qualified to deal with a crisis, which he wasn't qualified before, but this is probably the biggest crisis we've seen in, in our generation. But he's got people around him, but are they qualified? That's a big question as well. And then a lot of it falls down to the, to the state level, and I'm hearing stuff that are unbelievable, even if they are said in, not in jest, but by extreme voices, like even by extreme voice, voices, it seems unbelievable. I have no idea. 
And Tom, that's the second part, Tom is probably the most reasonable person in the world. To a point that is unnerving sometimes. <laughs> um, you, you practice extreme reasonability. <laughs> and, uh, extreme and, and, moderation. Honestly, it annoys me sometimes because sometimes I there know, are things that, that, that I think we should be at least concerned by or, or frustrated by. Maybe that's a better way of putting it. And, and you always seem to take the measured approach, which uh, I guess is good in this case, and we'll get a, a somewhat level-headed conversation about it. So I want to talk about the U.S. in general, but I also want to get the feeling of how things are going for you personally and maybe for the people you know. And most listeners are from the U.S., so it might be similar for them and it might not and there are many listeners that are not from the US so it might give a, a little bit of context and points of reference and hear about your experience so um, how, basically what I'm leading to leading up to is how's it going Tom <laughs> it's okay uh, yeah <laughs> it's 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 really it's really interesting for me because here in Los Angeles, uh, we, I, I, I can't even remember, uh, time periods anymore. I think a lot of people are experiencing that, but I think it was last week that we got the official, uh, Mayor Garcetti here calls it safer at home order, not a shelter in place. Shelter in place <laughs> implies school shootings, <clears throat> safer at home as a kinder, gentler order, but essentially the same thing, which says, you know, we'd, we'd like you to stay at home if you can. Uh, you only should go to work if you're in an essential industry. Uh, you're allowed to go out for exercise as long as you're not in groups. Uh, restaurants cannot have people inside. They can just do takeout, et cetera, et cetera. I think people are pretty familiar with these. They're, they're fairly similar uh, around the world. But How enforced is it? Mm -hmm. it do you get like, mm -hmm. is it just a please, could you please do that? Or is it enforced it is. in some In way? Los Angeles, it's very much. In fact, Mayor Garcetti, when he announced it, said, we are not going to be running around arresting people. Uh, we're asking you to do this, you know, use your reason. Uh, so yeah, there's not a, there's not a, like in, in India, they, they were having some difficulties with delivery drivers for services, which were supposed to be allowed, uh, getting told by the police to get off the streets. Uh, we're, we're not having that at all. Uh, we're, we're, we're having a, a very much, we, we trust you to do the right thing. And while just yes, for reference, then it, it, find it, it, pictures of people not doing that yes. because everybody looks for that. For the most part, my experience going out, and, I, and I'll talk about that in a second, has been that, yeah, people are generally obeying the order. In France, uh, now it seems to be better, but the, for the first like five days, it wasn't just pictures of people doing it. It was like terraces full, people going out in parks. They had to close the parks in Paris like for people to not go. Like mm, it was mm -hmm. bad. Um, now it seems to be getting better. As people start, you know, dying and hospitals getting full people understand mm. that this is actually not a joke so it seems to be better but uh. we uh my my daily life <laughs> I, I have come to discover is fairly similar to a, a safer <laughs> at home order uh, yeah, i work out of me. my house i uh, take my dog for a walk during the day and 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 unless my wife and i decide to go somewhere you know, for, for a restaurant or something like that, most days I eat at home. So it, it's been unnerving to me how not different my life has been. Uh, what I've found is when I did have to drive out to my post office box uh, to check my business mail, uh, there, there weren't as many people I could, I could whip over there. It sometimes could take me 30 minutes to two an hour in LA traffic it took me, you know, 17 minutes. Uh, the people out on the street are all 
keeping apart, you know, the, the people who are out walking and people do walk places in Los Angeles, despite what you hear, uh, we're, we're, you know, we're not in big groups or anything like that. Uh, and when I walk the dog in my neighborhood, uh, people are very good at, at sort of, you know, pausing and letting you go by so that you can keep the social distance. So my experience is, has been that, that, yeah, most, mostly people are, are following this. The biggest disruption to my life the two biggest disruptions. One is the grocery store only allows 50 people in at a time. Uh, so quite often there is a line to get in. And even in that line, everyone's kind of using the carts to keep space between them. Uh, and then my wife's home because her company is ordering everyone to work from home. And that has actually been the thing that's thrown me off the the, the most because <laughs> I didn't realize how many social cues I take from my wife's routine. When she gets up to take a shower, I do something. When she's blowing, drying her hair, I know to do something. Once she sits down to eat her breakfast, I know oh, it's time for me to do this. And, and she doesn't have to get up and do those things as early because she's not driving anywhere. So it's kind of made me go, oh, I, I have to pay attention to my own routines. I maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll have to start setting alarms for a while. Yeah, stuff like that. So what I understand is that it's aside from this little last part, you're pretty happy with the way things are going and you wouldn't mind if things could stay that way. <laughs> I mean, no, uh, I am not happy at all. No, of uh, course, I, you know, uh, but but it hasn't changed how I do things. I And in fact, I'm busier. A lot of I, I see people talking about, oh, now that I have all this extra time because I'm forced to stay at home. I'm like, I don't I don't have any of that extra time because I'm always at home doing things anyway. So th this, mm. yeah, it, it hasn't freed up my schedule at all. Yeah, it hasn't changed a lot for me. Uh, the kid is at home, of course. So that is interesting. Um, but mm -hmm. we're, we're a few hunkered down in the house so we can share responsibilities for that. So that's, uh, uh, I'm very fortunate in that way. And I'm also, as people might know, I live in the, in the forest in Finland. So for me, confinement confinement is very limited meaning i can really go out if i want to um right. my son comes to say anyway. hello salut loulou ça va <laughs> tu veux dire bonjour oui tu dis bonjour tu dis bonjour à tom bonjour. ça c'est un micro it's a mic tu dis bonjour à tom mon coeur bonjour tom bonjour non tu veux pas dire bonjour oui bonjour tom Bonjour, Tom. Voilà. <laughs> hey, Tom. Hey, Tom. Hello. Bon, tu, tu vas retourner voir maman? Hein? Hop. Voilà. À tout à l'heure, mon ange. <laughs> All right. Well, we got the, the kid to say hello on this show. That's a first. That's great. Amazing. <laughs> Just as I was saying that he's home. So, um, yes, there you go. As if to demonstrate. Good, good, <laughs> good job. So, yeah, but we also have the, the, the forest right outside. So being confined to the house means uh, we can go out for two-hour walks and we'll, we won't encounter a soul. Like, literally, it's honestly literally the forest. I say that, I think sometimes people might think, oh, he, you know, there's a yard. No, it, it's the forest and the nearest house is like two kilometers away. So, um, and it's only one. So anyway, yeah, for me, it's, it's I'm very, very fortunate in that sense. Um But in general, people like us who work from home, it doesn't change enormously. Uh, everyone else, of course, that's very different. Um, in fact, I see my neighbors more than usual. I, I live in a good neighborhood. I know my neighbors. We say hello. But because they're all home, I, I end up, you know, across the street. Obviously, everybody's keeping their distance. We're like, oh, hey, how are you? That sort of thing. <laughs> it's it's kind of nice. Yeah. So, you know, the the irony of this whole thing is that 
for most people, and of course, please, this is like, there are a million caveats to the statement I'm going to make, but for most people, it's not a huge impact. The, the, the biggest impact is that you have to stay at home a lot, and that's a disruption, but it's not, hopefully, if things go well, which they, they're not guaranteed to go well, um, that should be the biggest impact for most people. Of course, those who will get sick, and many of them will, and who do get symptoms, and of course, those who know people or who will die, that's obviously going to be tragic. But I think for a lot of people, it's going to be just stay home and watch Netflix, as we've been joking around on, on social networks. Out of all the world ending quote-unquote crises that we could have you know world war terrorist attacks uh alien invasion earthquakes the big one all of these things if things are handled really really well shouldn't be a huge you know disruption like of course, it's a huge disruption, but do you get what I mean? Does that make sense? It could have been worse. If we didn't have the internet, it would have been worse. Uh, I mean, let, like you say, we don't want to minimize uh, the sickness and death and 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 the loss of jobs, 3 million uh, filings for unemployment in the United States. So, you know, if you have lost your job, this is not going well. But... Uh, like you say, more people are able to keep their jobs uh, than would than would have twenty years ago. Certainly, it, and if it had been another, you know, type of crisis, crisis, it would have been possibly worse. I think, mm, you know, mm -hmm. like yeah. tsunami, nuclear plant exploding, and all of that. Right. But to although those might not affect the whole. Those world, are local. But, See, it's yeah. so it's so hard to to, yeah, to, to compare because this the virus doesn't know boundaries. It doesn't know political systems. It just infects people everywhere. And, and there's one thing which can lead us to uh, talking about the U.S. specifically, which obviously struck me when you were saying it: loss of jobs. That is, I think. It explains why things are going differently in the U.S. And, and many aspects of the differences between the U.S. and possibly the rest of the world, but certainly Europe, that is not really a factor for us. Uh, there are people who might be, you know, independent or who have less activity and the economic impact is big everywhere, obviously. Um, but lots of, I, you know, people don't get fired here during this crisis. Um, you get you go home, you work from home if you can. If you can't, then you you still work as you would. But the the loss of job is not even really a factor here. Really, that surprises me because they, there are certain jobs that that just can't be done right now. Uh, so and, of course, and and so we're we're seeing we're seeing furloughings uh, in some cases, which is the the theaters particularly like. We can't continue to pay you because we can't continue to operate. Uh, so we will have you back once we're able to operate. Uh, and restaurants and, and things like that where, where they have hourly workers that are just not getting their hours. It's, so, I mean, I know there's a better so, social safety net in Europe, but um, it, it, so, so those people are continued to just be paid. Is that how that works there? I imagine so. If you're employed by the company, I think you're still paid even if you, you stay home. Uh, of course, there are areas of the, the economy. I mean, the entire economy is impacted. Um, but I, I think if you're, if it is a, a full-time employment, they can't fire you. And, and since the, uh, um, what if it's not full-time employment though? 
Well, if it's part-time, they can't fire you either. There's a status that, I mean, if you're an independent mm. um, and you do hourly... So, so cafe workers with the cafes closed keep getting paid. I believe that so. That would be the big yes. difference right there. Because yeah. so the, the way, the, the like job protection in France in particular, mm -hmm. but I think in Europe in general, is pretty strong. And we have... Um, we have a, 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 an employment status, which is if you have an undetermined ending contract, uh, basically you're employed until, until I don't know, it, it ends for some reason. But the reasons for ending it are extremely strictly regulated. Um, you can't just fire someone, which I'm sure will get people in the U.S. Uh, incredibly you know, uh, to react very strongly, but you can't just fire someone. You have to have a very strong case against that person in order to fire them. Um, and yeah. so... It sounds like the difference here is people uh, aren't always on contracts. I mean, the majority of our uh, of people employed in the United States fall under similar situations as you're talking about, right? You have to have a reason to fire them. You can't just let them go. But if the company is facing financial hardship they can be laid off. Layoffs can happen. And that's that's what we're seeing with the furlough situations. Mm. But uh, what this is impacting right now is is more the people who are just hourly workers. You know, I work, uh, I, I get a shift at a restaurant and I get my hours and I get paid by the hours. And if there aren't any hours, I don't get paid. And there, there's, there's no yeah. contract involved there. So, so I think that's where you can't actually, I don't think we actually have hourly workers in the same mm, way mm, um it might be that you know some people who i don't know are musicians and go uh, uh do jobs here and there when they can obviously they're going to be impacted more but they're not employed in the same way um right and we have you know insurances of course who will help cover things the government is passing uh measures to help with uh guaranteed loans from the government and uh, enjoining companies to help in different ways. And we obviously have the unemployment benefits and social, um, you know, healthcare, which also mean, let's say you do um, lose your job, because I'm sure for some, in some cases, it will happen, I imagine, uh, even fringe ones, or you just have so little work that as an independent, you, you can't make ends meet. It is not as much of an earth-shattering, world-shattering event, because at least you know that you can get um, healthcare if you get sick. Well, of course, now hospitals are full, but you get my meaning. Mm -hmm. Like, you'll get unemployment benefits, probably uh, some kind of help from the government. So even for those who do get fired, it's less of, a, um, uh, of an issue, because what I'm hearing in the U.S. is such a concern with the economy that, of course, everyone's concerned with the economy. You know, it's not like in France, we're like, oh, la, 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 it will be fine. The state will pay for everything. If the economy is a huge concern, obviously, for everyone. But in the US, it seems to me, from what I he I'm hearing, and tell me if I'm wrong, the concern for the economy is so enormous that because of those situations that we have less of in, in, in France and Europe, that um, it's leading some people to suggest that uh, the confinement measures and how did you call it safer at home uh, measures mm -hmm. throughout the states maybe should be ended as quickly as possible. And what I'm understanding here is too early because the economy is such a concern that you have to go back to work. Um, is that 
there's there's a lot to unpack here. First of all, uh, the the first layer is things in the United States are are not as dire as sometimes they appear. We we have unemployment insurance, uh, so if you lose your job, you you can apply for unemployment. And they there was there's been bills that have funded that to to make it widespread. We also have for this crisis specifically, you mean, or in general? Well, no, no, we have unemployment insurance all the time, no matter what. No, but like the bills. You, there, there are also bills to help make sure there's enough money to keep it funding because more people are being thrown right. out of work than normal. Right. Um, uh, so it, it's not like in the United States, there's no compensation for unemployment. There's no social safety net. Our social safety net is not the same as Europe's. Uh, and our insurance system also exists. <laughs> like I get the impression sometimes talking to, to people outside the United States are like, you have no insurance over there. And if you're, you're sick, you, you have to pay $500,000 for everything. And that's not the way it is at all. Uh, it's that we don't have a comprehensive, uh, health insurance system and we don't have a simple health insurance system. Uh, so it's, I'm not trying to, to minimize it and say it's problematic, but sometimes I think it gets exaggerated, uh, how much different it is and how bad it is for the majority of people. There is a safety net. Uh, it's that it's the majority, not everybody. And that's the big difference. And so the worry is about the people that it doesn't cover. Uh, the economic discussion that you're, you're talking sorry, about. Just ab about this, wouldn't the people who are getting laid off now be the ones that probably or have less access to these social safety nets, at least the healthcare? Well, they don't have less access to it. They have the same access they always would. Uh, no, but, but less if, than the if, others who aren't getting. So, fired. for instance, uh, our our health insurance exists. There's something called COBRA that you can get when you lose your job to keep your insurance. Uh, not everybody can always afford to do that. There's also the uh, the state run healthcare systems that were put in place under Obamacare. Uh, and yes, there are people that will not be able to access healthcare, and that's the difference. It's not as comprehensive, but it's not true to say that every single person that lost their job this month won't have health care. Uh, so I, I, it's it's hard for me because I, I, I don't want to minimize it. There, there are problems, but also people tend to then assume that those problems exist in a in a much more widespread manner than they are and focus on that. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Like the, yeah. it's 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 not like that everyone in my neighborhood who loses their job also loses their insurance. Uh, you you don't want to minimize it because it needs to be fixed and it needs to be made better. Right. Yeah. It, what I'm hearing in my European hubris is the fact that it's, you know, not covering everyone and that there are going to be hundreds of thousands of people who have these kinds of issues is like, oh, my God, how can you let that happen? That's the problem. You know, yeah, like that's well, that what we're a, actually that talking about. That is a about. problem. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that's you say that's and a problem, I, and, I, and I say that's the yeah. problem. But that's well, it's the, not the problem. There are many problems. <laughs> no, but when we talk about healthcare, that's what we're talking about. That's the the oh, fact sure. that some the problem with healthcare is that is that some people covered. don't. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and complexity, but that's not the problem with this economy, this sure. economic issue, and yeah. it's not the problem with the virus. Uh, the other thing that I think is a misconception is that people will be refused treatment. Um, 
there are isolated instances where people have been refused treatment recently, but that had more to do with hospital resources and whether they had testing kits and things like that, which that is the problem. If you want to talk about the virus, we didn't have enough testing kits and that is crucial to being able to identify and stop the spread of the virus. Uh, but, but the, one of the reasons that we spend more than any other country on healthcare is that we don't refuse treatment to people. If someone comes into the hospital, uh, you, you treat them. Now, again, there are instances where treatment could have been applied that it wasn't, and it was because of payment. But the general, the general way things work is if you go to the emergency room, they treat you. And unless it's, it's something that is not life-threatening. Um, but again, you're, you're putting me in the position of, 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 of trying to defend a broken system because I, I want to say that I want to, I want to direct your attention away from that because the second thing, which is you, if you are looking at social media, uh, and there have been so many studies done on this, you are not getting an accurate representation of what people think. Uh, and so people are, much more likely to call your attention to the broken things that do need to be fixed and and you and overrepresent them. So the economic issue that you're talking about where people wanted to restart the economy early is almost nothing. There's almost nothing to it. Uh, the the president, our president, current president says things in order to incite the furor of people in the media and on social media. And so if you're looking at the media and social media, they will react to everything he says. Uh, there does not seem to be anyone else besides the president in a position of responsibility uh, saying that we will somehow decide to open the country early, even if that kills more people. There have been a couple pundits on TV say that. People on social media saying that, uh, but every governor, uh, every healthcare expert in the federal government, everyone who isn't the president in the federal government is not saying that. Uh, and I think this is one of the reasons you're having such a hard time figuring out what is going on here is that the the fury is at its height right now. Uh, and so if you're only looking at the voices that are shouting, you're going to hear the worst kind of representation, not even just the worst kind of representation, because it's bad, you're going to hear a misrepresentation, you know, pulling back away from from the current virus. There isn't more polarization in the United States by every independent measure. When you go out and actually just talk to people and when you see people interacting with people, they are not more polarized. People have a, a great mix of political opinions. No one is all in one camp, all on the other. But when you go to the media, and when you look at social media, you would get that impression because those loudest, most extreme voices have an interest in making themselves heard above everything else. And yes, there is division uh, in the United States, but it's actually not as bad as you would think based on that. Uh, so so you're getting the same impression here is that, that somehow the the actual debate is about whether we should start the economy up early. And, and the yeah. fact is, no one's doing that. Uh, this this is this is the typical rhetorical gambit of the president to get people riled up. Which so he did say this something about is, this. Is a distraction and not a very good one, in my opinion. He did say something about restarting the economy early. It comes from him. Here's what he does, and he's very good about it. He said, uh, and I wish I had the quote right in front of me, but the the gist of what he said: if you actually uh, like listen. To what the president said in context, he kind of throws it off. He's like, you know, we'd, we're going to need to get this economy started. Like, uh, it would be nice to get it started soon, maybe Easter. 
And then suddenly that becomes what everyone talks about. The, the president wants to restart the economy by Easter. That's irresponsible, which it would be. Uh, but he throws that out there because he knows people will run with it. And then he can say, like, well, I didn't say we were. I was saying it would be nice. Uh, and and this is no time for that kind of game. Uh, we, we don't want to like, well, that's not actually what I said sort of situation because it does cause panic and it does cause people to be upset and worried. And, and then you have people uh, taking that and running with it and going on t television news shows and saying like, hey, man, I'll be fine. I'm 70 years old. Let's not have the cure be worse than the disease. And then suddenly everyone's talking about, oh, the cure is worse than the disease. You should kill grandpas. And no one is actually saying that in a position of responsibility, but yeah. that you wouldn't know that by looking at what the media is reporting and what is on social media. Uh, it's 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 a broken way of communicating that's that's causing that, in my opinion. So, yeah, th there's a lot there that and, and for people who haven't heard about this, who are probably not Americans, um, what came through on social media was a giant discussion between it's true pundits who doesn't who don't seem to be in a position of responsibility who were essentially arguing that um the, the the economy is super important which it is and i think again in the u.s it might be more important than in other places uh, because of the um i'm not going to say lack of social safety net because i understand what you say but maybe lesser um all-encompassing uh, social safety net by the I, way i don't even think that the social safety net has anything to do with it the, the the economy in the united states is important because every politician knows that if the economy is bad they're going to get thrown out of office and otherwise the economy is important because it's important people people need to to have jobs and this was a very well functioning economy until now and i think that's really what it's about is people were like wait a minute things things weren't going badly economically speaking and and so we better have a really good reason for ruining that which is you know turning off the economy is going to ruin it well i i the the reason why i think the uh safety nets might play into that and that's looking at it from a place where essentially losing your job is less impactful for someone in Europe than it is in the US. So the dire situation, obviously the economy is a concern everywhere, as I was saying. But in the US, because it impacts people's lives so much more, um, it it is more of a pressing concern. It, does that make sense? I mean, yes and no. Uh, certainly on on case by case basis is you're right. Uh, there, there's going to be a lot of different cases here where that is a more pressing concern. I don't get the impression that the conversations at the highest levels are any different than they are mm. in any other country, because in countries that fund a social safety net, they fund that based on taxes. And if those taxes don't come in because companies aren't operating and making money, uh, it's just as much of an economic concern. So, yes, uh, on the individual level, absolutely. You're right. Uh, on the policy level, I don't know that it that it's any different because you're you're still not whether whether you don't have the money to fund the social safety net or you don't have the money uh, to to just go into the economy and give people jobs, it's kind of the same thing at the high level. Well, yeah, I, I understand. And I, I'm sure a lot of people on the uh, on, in the audience will say, oh, but that's the problem. If you don't have money coming yeah. in, dumb Patrick, you don't get taxes, so you can't fund your social safety net. 
obviously I understand this, and and that is the concern for everyone. But the the um th there are mechanisms to fiddle with that as well. Uh, the the how can I express this in the in the in the way that I want to? Um, the things that we're hearing as jokes from pundits who don't matter, and I understand this, even as those, as, you know, just random people who are trying to incite the kind of debate, the irresponsible kind of debate that they're having, and they're not in positions of responsibility, they are things that, if they were discussed here, would get... I don't know how to say it. They wouldn't be discussed because it is so outlandish and outrageous that no one would dare put these kinds of ideas forth. So the fact that they are that they do exist in your environment, even as jokes, is I think a little bit telling of a, a different context that make them it, it, <laughs> that make them possible as not jokes but you you like as things that are not actually uh being talked about by people who are in positions of making decisions that you understand what i'm trying to get at i'm not even sure i, I, I do, do. Yeah. i i do in other words you're like I, I i can't imagine anyone in my country ever even being in a position to have this conversation is, right. is essentially what you're saying kind of um yeah. and, and and i i do i do get that and i do understand that and i i can't begin to try to uh, to explain, and I don't know how this happens in the United States more often. Uh, my my only thought is careful what you wish for, uh, because I can recall a time when it would be unthinkable for some kind of 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 love scandal to affect a French politician, and yet here we are. <laughs> uh, it's it's a weird world, uh, and things change, and yeah. I hope it doesn't change to where those kinds of weird things are happening in other countries too. No, I mean, we have other things. We have like, you know, the gilet jaune thing and the, the, the entire country being on hold because people are striking every single week that, you know, there are other Yeah, no, no but I'm and, just saying like sometimes, sometimes things happen in the United States and it's just like, that's the US. Gosh, I don't mm. know. Okay, you know, why, why is it like that? Uh, sociologists, uh, go for it. Try to understand. Other times it's just we're, we're a little ahead of the trend. Uh, and, be, yeah. you know, and, and, and things are are just not uh, thing, things change here first. Uh, hopefully this isn't mm. one of them, but, but yeah, I, I guess my point is that's all a distraction and that's not what's actually happening in the country. Uh, that, that is, that is a, a puppet show happening on, on television. And just in, in, I guess my, my best guess for explaining it is it's kind of inertia. Uh, the, the momentum has been to when you're, on the sidelines cheering for your side on television and social media to do whatever you can to make the other side look bad. And there are still some people acting like that, like, oh, well, if we make it look like the virus is a political issue and that keeping the shutdown going uh, is a political issue, then we can say we're pro-economy. And 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 it's the, the shape of that kind of conversation happening. Whereas the actual people at the CDC, the governors of the states who are actually dealing with deaths and hospital beds, 
are saying this is not a political issue, Republican or Democrat. You need to make sure this spread doesn't happen fast or you will see what's happening in northern Italy. Uh, and you are very dangerously close to that situation in New York City right now, which is why Governor Cuomo, Mayor de Blasio uh, aren't playing that game. De Blasio was. He was playing that game. Uh, and it was doing some shouting and he has quieted down as this this situation has gotten very serious there. So would you say that those fringe pundits and the people who are politicizing this thing, which, um, yeah, the fact that it's happening during the crisis is also unbelievable. But are they the minority in general in the media and in uh, political circles? Are people, you know, doing what you would expect Americans to do at the very least in this situation, which would be put your hand on your heart under the Star Spangled Banner and, and sing the anthem and be one against the enemy? Or I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but you know, <laughs> when, our, you're, you're asking me, when did you stop beating your wife, Tom? Like, they, <laughs> you know, so, uh, so in, in other words, you're all a fascist jingoistic empire. And, no, uh, no, 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 no. What I'm, I, I think that is, it's, It's the opposite. What I'm saying is, in a time of crisis, I think out of all of the countries on Earth, maybe not all, but at least the Americans would come together and say, you know, we have a common enemy, we're all Americans, and let's do what needs to be done, put squabbles aside, maybe, and and I, I'm sure many people argue under a different president, maybe it would have been more possible, um, but is that happening, you know, saying, all right, let's enough with the BS. Um, this is what's happening. This is what we need to do. And I'm asking about the polit politicians, of course, in general, and the media, because again, we only hear the people who are shouting, and those are the ones saying those incredibly, you know, Yeah. Uh, and, and, and it was when you got into, you know, singing the national anthem uh, together that it started <laughs> to sound a little scary. But uh, yeah, on locally, uh, people are coming together. Uh, uh, locally, people are, for the most part, with some exceptions, uh, people are uh, realizing that this is serious and working with each other. Uh, you know, I've I was in a grocery store with empty shelves and uh, and people, you know, filling up carts with a little bit of panic buying. But even then, uh, people were smiling at each other. Uh, they were being, you know, more courteous than usual in a grocery store of like, oh, you know, you go first. Uh, there certainly have been some episodes of fights here and there that I've heard of, but I've seen it. Uh, and our governors are are not fighting with their their local assemblies. Uh, our mayors are not fighting with their local councils. Uh, it is really just the president who is not going out of his way to to say, let's let's set this aside right now. Uh, on the local level, everyone is uh, doing a great job. Look at Kentucky. Kentucky has a Democratic governor uh, and a Republican Congress working hand in hand and getting compliments from the Republicans in its legislature uh, for the handling of the situation. And Kentucky has had a very slow growth rate because of the early actions of that governor, who's very measured and doing what needs to be done. Uh, and, and you see some true bipartisanship happening there because the closer you get to the local level, the more real this is. Uh, and, and that's why I say, if you really want to know what's going on, look at the mayors, look at the governors, uh, especially of the smaller states like Kentucky, and you, you will see the reality of this. When you don't have the luxury of being removed from the consequences, uh, you, you see people 
really doing what needs to be done uh, as much as they can. The, the, the problem in the United States and what I would say is the failure in the United States was not having testing kits. Uh, and it, it may have been because they refused the WHO's offer to sell testing kits early on, probably was. Uh, but whatever the reason is, uh, there aren't enough testing kits. And they're starting to get more. Uh, the the city of Los Angeles, or city or county, Los Angeles uh, has contracted with Korea, which has done a fantastic job at manufacturing kits to, to get some tens of thousands of kits so that we're going from only being able to test someone if it would change their outcome. In other words, we were so low on test kits in Los Angeles that even if we thought someone had COVID-19, we couldn't test them because there weren't enough kits. They had to limit it to be like, if it will change how you treat them, test them. Otherwise, don't. Uh, and now we are going to have tens of thousands of kits so that we can at least test everybody who has symptoms. Uh, and and that, that's going to change the stats on the ground. That's the reality. Uh, we have nurses, we have doctors uh, sleeping in temporary accommodations in downtown Los Angeles so that they don't have to risk infecting their family members and can stay on the job. Uh, we have all kinds of volunteers going around and bringing groceries to, to people who are elderly and shouldn't uh, be out. Like the reality of what's going on in the United States is at that local level. It's not what you see on social media. It's certainly not what you see on television. Yeah, it just <laughs> to... I I feel I, uh, it's it's important to mention we don't have enough test test kits either. We don't have enough yeah. masks for different reasons that I don't get in that I won't get into and that people are shouting about. Um, but I think that's the reality everywhere because arguably I think because it is the first time that we're having to deal with a situation like this and uh, the, the the countries that are dealing with it well are the ones that had to live through uh, the SARS epidemic. Yeah. And, right. um, and I think it's easy to look at it from here and say, oh, well, you should have been ready. And yes, of course, you know, we should have been. But I'm certain that when you're looking at budgets and you have, you know, 30 different agencies that are warning you about 30 different potential scenarios where the world ends and telling you we should have everything ready for all of those, um, you're like, well, can we do social distancing in the case of this one? And uh, can we do this and that to mitigate? Yeah, okay. So maybe we don't need to be a hundred percent, you know, a thousand percent capacity for this thing. Um, but overall, I don't know if it's worth going down that uh, uh, conversation now, but I feel like mostly things are being handled pretty well. Um, it, it might be that in some places, and maybe, you know, the U.S. is in part in that case, but in some places there were, it was too slow to adopt social distancing. Um, and certainly in France, it, you know, we're talking about a few days, maybe a week, but it's it's interesting to see how people are kind of not rewriting history, but rewriting the way they feel about things. Because when it happened, it was only two weeks ago, as you were saying earlier, it feels like it was, you know, a lifetime ago. It doesn't, yeah, yeah. <laughs> time is running differently now. Um, but when it happened, people were like, when the president came on TV and, and was like, we have to stay home. They were like, what? What are you, are you crazy? 
imagine if he had, and, and Italy was already happening at that point. So if he had said it a week before, people like, it, I don't know, people would have uh, rioted. I don't know. And, and now, of course, everyone's saying, and, and everyone's saying like, oh, he should have done it a month ago. That, no, that wasn't. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it, the, the, the timing is tough because if yeah. you do it too early, people don't take it seriously and they don't comply and that makes it worse in the long run, right? Uh, if you do it too late, obviously, you, you know what the consequences yeah. are there. So it's 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 kind of a no-win situation. You, you do your best to, to pick when it's the right time. I feel like L.A. did a pretty good job uh, and because they rolled it in slowly. They, they, they said, look, what we're going to do is we're going to just we're going to limit uh, large play, large gatherings. Uh, we're going to we're going to ask theaters not to seat people next to each other unless they're part of the same family. Like there were measures taking place more than two weeks ago to yeah. just start easing in the idea. And even if those measures weren't terribly effective, I don't know if they were or not. It got people used to the idea. And as they saw the seriousness begin, they're like, oh, right. No, I guess we need to do more now. And and it and it always felt like like it was not an imposition, but a, a rather accurate move. And by the way, I'm not a big fan. I didn't vote for the guy, uh, but he's he's been handling this, I think, fairly well. So it, it, it may or may be handled better in other places. Certainly there was in other countries. Uh, but and I think most of the local officials are are doing their best, given the resources they have and the advice they have to go on, because up until now, we haven't even seen the outcome in Italy, right? Like all we know is China. Uh, yeah. And that's a different situation because it started there. We didn't, you know, it wasn't immediately jumped on. Uh, and and they have a different system of government that can take different actions that we can't take here. And I think that's um, something that is a very unpopular, even revolting opinion to some. But overall, we're doing everything we should be doing. And of course, people are going to people are going to die. Many people are going to get sick. It's we're talking about like forty to sixty percent of the popul the world population getting the virus. So that's going right. to have an impact, obviously. And confinement is going to last, uh, or safer at home is going to last for much longer than the initial two weeks. I think that's another way of easing it in as an idea. And when you're two weeks in, you tell people, well, another two to four weeks, and it's probably going to last longer. But you know, the, the, the pandemic is, to an extent, outside of the control of, of people, of governments. It, there's a yeah. sentiment that, oh, they should have stopped the pandemic. That's not how it works, you know? <laughs> we should have shot the virus at the border. Yeah, yeah, you <laughs> exactly. Um, so given all of this, I, I, I'm really, actually, that is completely genuine. I am really impressed with how things are going. Because, of course, now looking at it from now... You're, you're, you're thinking, oh, of course, that's how it would go. But a month ago, or let's say six months ago, a pandemic, the image you would have is that of Hollywood movies, right? And I don't yeah, think it's right. like, you, you might have thought, oh, okay, it's not, it's not going to be that bad, but it's going to be bad. And what it actually is, is maybe you don't have enough toilet paper in the store for a day. <laughs> but uh -huh. in general, people are like, oh, please, you... You go ahead. I don't want to come, you know, this close to you, but you, you go first. It's fine. And that's how people are being nice to each other. And people are, are actually, for the most part, staying home and, and tell, doing, understanding the gravity of the situation and do, doing what they're told to do. Um, 
I feel like things are being handled. It's maybe not an A plus or an S as it is in in the Asian countries, but it's a I don't know solid B, maybe even yeah something like that, depending on the country B or A. Um, I feel things are are good. <laughs> Given the circumstances being handled, <laughs> yeah, well. it's 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 hard to say things are good, right? Because you're yeah. like, well, they're not good, but they're better than you would have expected, maybe, yeah. right? Is that how you feel as well? Like, even in the uh, US? Yeah, it, it's funny that the events overtook me. Uh, I'm somebody who, like, like you say, I I try to to look for reality underneath the hype, and I I was you know, starting to prepare early for this. Cause I'm like, well, it, it could happen. And I, I want to have a little bit of food, you know, stocked away more than just my normal earthquake prep preparedness kit. So I was, I was not, you know, I wasn't like filling up my shopping cart, but I was buying a little bit of extra canned food every time I went to the grocery store. And then suddenly shelves started going bare. And I was like, oh, this is getting real faster. And now I'm seeing panic buying. And I've never I've never lived through that. You know, I've we, we don't have panic buying for earthquakes. Uh, you, you have panic buying in front of hurricanes. So I know people who live in Florida and places like that have seen it uh, in advance. But uh, I was like, this is this is more real than I expected. And I, I, I got sort of overwhelmed and and, and very worried about what was going to happen next. But since that initial wave has ended now, I feel like we're back in a situation where, OK, Okay, we're going to have this wave. Uh, it hasn't crested yet, so I shouldn't get too complacent, but it feels like we can hang on and get through it. Uh, and my biggest concern has gone from the virus itself to the the consequences of what we had to do to deal with it uh, and what's going to happen after it has subsided and where do we go from there? Uh, so I'm really, really paying close attention to what's happening in China as manufacturing gets back going, as people start going back into the theaters, uh, because bring, bringing society back uh, after this is is unprecedented. We, we've never on a worldwide scale like this, even World War II, uh, did not stop life across the planet the way this is going to do by the time it's done. It's crazy. I think, yeah. There, I know you were trying to say things are better, and I, I just ended up in, in a very gloom and doom situation there. But but I, I guess where I was going is like, yeah, right now, uh, thing, things are better than I would have thought they would be a couple weeks ago. I, I think, obviously, things are going to be different, but I don't know that they're going to be bad. Um, I, I, yes, obviously they're going to be yeah, bad. I'm not trying to say they're going to be. I just, we, we, we don't, yeah. we've never done this before. Like but, this is a, a real time worldwide experiment. Mm, I, I think it's going to be, you know, a, a, maybe a few months, hopefully, if all goes well, of, of very intense fighting that, that pandemic. And if that goes well, uh, I think things are going to go back to normal with people telecommuting more because they took a liking to it. Um, and, and many things changing, but I mean, I in a way, we'll yes, I think you're right. Things will go back to a kind of normal, but that normal won't be the same as it was before this. Because, like you say, yeah. even just things like telecommuting, uh, mm. will now people have, have experimented with that at levels they never would have. And I think the other thing that's going to change is that the next time something like that happened, because it will, uh, when people say, all right, uh, social distancing now, and everyone will be, okay, we know what to do. <laughs> we'll right, start right. now, and we understand why it's important, and that's it. And we've been building testing kits and yeah. <laughs> stockpiling them since the last yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully. In, 
In France, uh, Macron has announced, uh, we don't know what will happen, but he said that there will be a major um, re-evaluating or re like increasing the value of our mm. healthcare system after the crisis has passed. But we'll see what, what happens. He's always said that, that there's no That would be no great if that there. happened here as well. I yeah. hope it does. Uh, so there's one last thing I want to mention. Uh, I've been wanting to write something about this idea for uh, a few days now, and I don't have time, so I'll, I guess I'll do it here with you to ask what you think of it. Um, about social distancing, I think there was a major uh, failing of journalism and of everyone. I, I'll include myself in this and, and people who kind of report on things about what happened in China when it first started happening, when they you know, stopped uh, Wuhan and, and closed everything and told people to stay indoors. Because we all looked at it and thought, oh, uh, communist China is a dictatorship and look at how they're handling, they, what they're able to do, kind of like, I guess they have to do it, but pff, what's happening there? And no one, uh, maybe it's happened here, it's been mentioned here and there, but I don't think most people understood why they were doing this and the importance of social distancing. We had to wait for weeks to understand that this was the goal, maybe implemented in a very, you know, iron-fisted way, but this was the goal of all of this. And that was, that should have been, in my opinion, the job of journalists. And I, I'm not here to, you know, say, ah, oh, journalists are crap. And like, as an industry, as a profession, this is a learning moment, I think, because journalists should have said, this is exactly why, this is how pandemics work, this is why you need to do that, to flatten the curve. All of those concepts that we're now familiar with, but we're, we're familiar with because they've been explained to us two weeks ago about, and I'm sure many of you have seen that uh, Thomas Weyo um, article, which was putting it in very almost alarmist terms to explain that concept. But I'm, I, I came to realize that we should have learned about this when it happened in Asia, not a month later. So I wonder what you think about this. Is, is, I, I, this is really bad for me, to, in my opinion. Like, this is a real failing. There's, there's a couple things that, are, that, that occur to me about that. Um, one is, uh, this is why even regimes or, or people you hate, you should, uh, you should report on. Uh, in in a way that that doesn't include your personal feelings, uh, and that in this case I'm talking about China. Everybody had the filter on of well, but it's China, so obviously everything they do is motivated by oppressing their people. And the fact of the matter is that's not true. Uh, a lot of what they do may may be, uh, but you need to be able to look past that and try to understand when it's something that any system would do. And this is this is a case of that. Right. Uh, certainly they were able to, to do things in a manner uh, that a, a, a democratic system wouldn't have done it. But we're seeing how the democratic system does it now. And, and it can end up with very similar results as far as people having to stay indoors, et cetera. Uh, so so, uh, you know, I would say take those blinders off in other places that you're covering and don't just look for the the easy explanation of like well obviously this person's an idiot or obviously this person is you know just has their own agenda uh and 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 look for the times when that's not true because that's really important the other thing that occurs to me is that's just human nature when it was happening in china that's really far away 
for Europe and North America. And so like, yeah, okay, I guess they have to do that. Even if it wasn't China, right? Even if it had been Japan, uh, a, a lot of people would have said, well, okay, I guess they have to do that. It's just, it's just human nature not to really pay attention and take something seriously until it's a closer threat, I think. Yeah, no, I agree. It's it's a natural reaction, but th the job of journalists in this case, reporters, should have been to investigate the whys of this. I mean, yeah, and that's where it goes back to that first point of yeah. you can't just dismiss it as like, oh, here goes China being China again, because that's not always true. And I don't think I'm I'm the goal here is to point fingers because no one did that. And again, maybe there are a couple of publications that will say, oh, but we did, maybe. But in general, the concept of social... You know, I was watching Contagion, as many people have in the past. <laughs> in that movie, for the whole movie, like 10 minutes after it starts, five minutes after it starts, I was looking at it, I was like, social distancing. Why, are they, why, why aren't they doing social distancing? What, what are they <laughs> waiting for? What is... And in the whole movie, they, they mention it once, you know, in passing. And it's like, this is the way you handle these things. In, in the whole movie, they're just... Anyway, it's just, it's such an important concept that I feel. But yeah, hindsight, 20, 2020 and all of that. No, it's funny what you say about the, the contagion thing too, because uh, I've just been watching other movies that aren't even about pandemics mm. and see, you know, seeing people shake hands and going, hey, you, you should... And my impulse is <laughs> to be like, you shouldn't... Oh, right. I guess they could do that back then. Back then. Maybe that's something that's going to change. Maybe in France, uh, we're going to stop kissing each other on the cheek when we when we say hello. Maybe that's what's going to come Man, out. Man, that'd be it. such a relief to Americans who are all so <laughs> super awkward. Like, oh, what do we do? <laughs> all right. Well, I, I we could talk about, you know, the specifics of this administration. And I think I would enjoy that conversation. <laughs> but um, but I, I, I'm not sure how productive it would be. So let's... I, you know, you know what I would say uh, to you and and anybody who's 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 feeling like you about this sort of thing. Uh, just just curate what you read. Uh, find find a source that that is is not invested in in making things look crazy. Don't look at television news, even on the internet, uh, because it's just going to distort things. And uh, and pay attention to Fauci. Uh, and nobody else. Uh, What's Fauci? <laughs> and and uh, he's the uh, the the head of uh, of the the he's the actual expert on mm. epidemiology and pandemics who speaks in our in our our press conferences here. But you know, I there's a little part of what you're saying here, which is completely the whole thing is completely reasonable, and I understand that's how people should uh, do react in this situation. But the fact that you know, the, the, the administration, the president and members of political parties are handling it the way they are with the unpreparedness of the president for any crime, which we knew was going to happen. And it's like, it seems like he doesn't matter all that much in this whole equation is, is what you're saying. But it's still real and he's still there and he's still the president. And it's hard not to look at this and, and be, you know... I, I guess for most people, at, at the very least, shaking your head. Um, but what you're saying it, yeah, but that's not going to change anything, it, right? Also, he has his highest approval ratings ever. So he's doing something right in really? many people's perspective. Yep. Wow. That is 
Would you say he's handling the crisis well? If it relates to approval ratings, I know it doesn't actually relate, but I, I realize I didn't even ask you what's your opinion of how things are going from the top down. Uh, he is not handling it as bad as many think or would like him to handle it. Uh, if you really just look at what's happened and not what's said, which is always since since we had the election in 2016, what I've tried to do, uh, it's not that different than what most presidents would have done. It's always different from what most presidents would have said. Uh, so, and, and I think that's why that approval rating is up is that those who are already inclined not to dislike him, uh, aren't seeing anything that they think is, is so outrageous. And we have passed more than one stimulus package, uh, and and the social distancing and the things that are happening on the local levels uh, seem to be having an effect. So I think that's, you know, he, uh, it, it could be worse is, is certainly the way I would put it. All right. Well, fair enough. Thank you very much, Tom, for uh, spending all this time uh, explaining things to this uh frustratingly antagonistic European. Well, it, I, if I have one regret from this conversation, it's that I hope I didn't come off as someone's like, eh, everything's fine with our social safety net. We don't need it. Like, obviously it's broken and seriously needs uh, needs fixing. I, I just, I sometimes get annoyed uh, when it's character, cartoon characterized as like not even being there. Uh, so that that's all I was trying to do. No, that's, that's very fair. And I think a lot of people, you know, we get that other, um, uh, view angle on on that conversation everywhere so we know that's uh a thing and i think you've been very clear about what you're trying to say and it would be very disingenuous to interpret what you are saying as what you fear people might get away from it so i think you're fine thank you uh where can people get more from tom Merritt? i wonder well, uh, I have a website, TomMerritt.com, uh, that brings together all of my uh, my writings and my, my podcasts. Uh, I do Daily Tech News Show every day. And one of the things we've been trying to do on Daily Tech News Show is focus on what the technology world is doing to fight this. Uh, there's certainly a lot of effects, and we talk about that too. But uh, the past couple of days, we've been talking about uh, 3D printing uh, places, getting into making ventilator parts responsibly with medical companies and 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 people trying to to figure out how to deliver masks and hackathons that are helping to to come up with innovative new solutions. So uh, if if you're looking for a, a a little chink of brightness in this, and it's not just the United States, we're talking about uh, there was a great startup in France that's creating a marketplace to help hospitals and companies that provide things coordinate better so that they can get things they need faster uh that's at dailytechnewsshow.com i'm telling you man it's nowhere as bad as we would have thought or as people think um i think that's always the case right because we yeah. see movies and and in fact people just don't react that way in <laughs> real life like that makes good drama but uh yeah uh people are are, are, are maybe a little better than we think not always but sometimes <laughs> <laughs> I'm Patrick Veja. My uh, Twitter handle is NotPatrick. You will also find NotPatrick, one word. You'll also find me on uh, Instagram under that name. And uh, please go follow me on Instagram. I 
think I do pretty cool stuff there. Uh, if you enjoy the show, if you think you might like to contribute, then go check out Patreon at patreon.com slash the Phileas Club. The link is in the show notes. Um, if you want to contribute, I will be forever grateful and you will allow for this show, which is, I think, a little bit different from what you can hear in usual uh, uh, on the media. And uh, I think that's uh, a an angle, a version of what's happening to us that uh, matters a little bit. So I'm very glad for the many people who already support the show. And if you enjoy it, I hope you consider supporting it as well. Thank you very much for listening. We will be back in a few weeks with uh, God knows what. We'll see, but we'll be there. And uh, hopefully you'll enjoy it as well.